Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Um, we are excited to be back. We want to show you the things that God did in Africa. It's so amazing what God will do when you keep pointing to Jesus. You don't point to yourself. You point to Jesus, and you see his power move through you for other people. You will get addicted to Jesus, and you will want to bring Jesus everywhere you go. Amen? Okay, I'll go ahead and show the video, and then I'll <clears throat> explain some things. These are just the precious little kids in Africa looking at the crazy white people. That's our translator, Kim. God ministers to us as we minister to others. Amen. These are outdoor crusades. These kids were getting off a bus and they showed up at the crusade. He gave me a rainbow when I was preaching. Thank you, Jesus. With 31 meetings, it only rained once. Praise God. It's a rainy season, too. But we kept going. We just kept preaching. 
These are all the pastors that from churches all around that put this all together. And this, this is a whole bunch of high school students, that, girls that got together with the Dignity Project. And I had the privilege of preaching the gospel to them. Each one of those green dots is a school just in the area we were. And there's thousands of kids in each one of those schools waiting for people to come preach the gospel. We did David and Goliath. I got to play David. <laughs> I killed Goliath. <laughs> they love that. Yep. That's what happens to you, Goliath. So thank you for sowing. I'm all emotional watching, seeing all those kids. It's it's amazing how how many opportunities there are for all of us to do something, and uh, we just want to thank everyone for sowing into us that we were able to go. We want to go back. We want to bring people. We want to train them in evangelism, and that's what we want to do this summer. We're going we're gonna to start going across Canada when the weather's good, and we're going to train people how to, to evangelize, how to proclaim the gospel. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe you'll be on the field in Africa one day preaching to those kids. And, you know, <coughs> our... Our translator, Kim, she came out to our first gospel meeting, and God healed her back. She was a believer. God healed her back, and she, she, she could speak English very well. And she went to her job and asked for two weeks off so she could come and translate for our meetings. Praise God. And see, you build your team as you go. <laughs> the power of God moves, and it was so incredible. We saw so many healings. We just preached the gospel. You don't have to lay hands on everyone. You put out that word of God. You preach the gospel and the spirit of God. You point to Jesus, and he will manifest. He will heal them. He will show them that he's real. He wants all of them in heaven with him. Praise God. We had... It was an incredible trip, and like I said, there's so, there's so many opportunities, and that was just a small, small area in, in right where we were. That's how many schools, and thousands and thousands of kids in these schools. And it's, it's amazing how they'll let you come in and just preach the gospel. 
it's amazing. And uh, we have a lot of boot camp graduates all over Africa right now going and doing that same thing. And that's Google Maps. And what, how we track it is when you go to the school, you turn the school red, and what year you were there. So every four years, you can just keep repeating in that same school. Praise God, eh? It's amazing how this, this all came about, and uh, it's, it, changed, you know, it changes your life to, to go on a mission trip. If you ever get an opportunity to go with your pastors, they know what it's like on the field. We've been with them up to Shisasabi, Quebec, uh, First Nation Reserve. They're closed right now. We tried to get in last year, we, but they, they just want right now to have people that live there be in the community. So, but we, we did go online and preach up there a few weeks ago, and it was amazing to see what God did, even on, over online. It was incredible. We thought it was supposed to be one weekend, and God changed it through a series of events. We won't say what, but uh, he changed it to the next weekend, and God's power broke some darkness in people's lives over that internet meeting. Amen? So I'm just going to let uh, my husband come up now, and he's going to share the word of God. Thank you very much. How do you follow behind that? Man. Amen. Well, my wife seen that she was kind of advertising pretty good there. So we, we're already working on it, planning it, and it's going to be bigger and better and more souls, more healing than ever. And we're going back in October. Last two weeks in October, who can go on it? Anybody that believes? We got any believers here? <laughs> Raise your hand, you're a believer now. Come on. One, two, three, four, five. We got lots of people for the mission trip, baby. Right there. Praise God. They all volunteered. Right there. Now, serious. Um, we are the body of Christ. Come on. We are the body of Christ. It's harvest time. Come on, it's harvest time. And if you want to do something for God uh, and you don't have a place to go or something to do, you phone us. And I, I, we'll find you someplace to go, something to do. And, there, you know, I tell people there's two ways you can come. We just would go to Sasabi and drive all night. I used to tell people there's two ways you can come on that trip to Sasabi. And they said, what's that? Well, the first way is the best way. You volunteer and you come in the van. The second way, we duct tape you, we tie you up, and we get halfway there. If you want out, we throw you out with the bears. Amen. Well, let's pray. No, I'm trying to behave. I'm just, wow. I've got some, 
I've got some Canadian spirit. I've got some U.S. spirit, you all. Come on. Come on. And I've got some, some First Nation spirit. I've got, you know, and most important, I've got the whole ghost of the Holy Ghost spirit on me. I'm ready to go because Canada's ready to go. Come on. Canada's ready to go. It's our time. It's our day. Not, not someday, one day. Now is the day for Canada. I'm going to need water. I don't even know it. My throat's already. Just wait, commercial break. Da -da 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 -da. Everybody, this is the best water to get. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know what I am. Father, we just thank you right now. Father, we thank you for your spirit that's in this place right now, Lord. Lord, I pray, first of all, that I would honor and respect you, Lord. And Father God, I would honor and respect the pastors of this house. And I would honor and respect the people of this place, Lord. Father God, we just pray that you would open our eyes, that we would begin to see you in a new way. Father God, I don't care how we've seen you before, but we would see you in a way that we've never seen you before. I pray, Lord, that we would, our deaf ears would open up, Lord, and that we would begin to hear that Holy Spirit of what you are saying unto your church, Lord. And Lord, I pray if there's any place, any place in our hardness, in our heart, I pray that the fire of the Holy Ghost would touch our heart, would change us, Lord, that we would receive the seed of your word that would change us for eternity, Lord. Compel us, Lord, to go after you like never before. Father God, we just thank you that, Father God, we are not a defeated people, that we all are mighty force in the world, that, Father God, that every devil from hell has to bow to the name that's above every name, Jesus Christ. Father God, I thank you that you are moving. You are moving in our land, Lord. We thank you. <coughs> thank you, Lord. We thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Some people never learn. Amen. Jesus, Jesus. Just be patient. You're all, I know you're all saying, yeah, hope you hurry up. What are you doing? I'm sitting, wasting time. I know where I'm going, but I don't know where I'm going, so. Okay. I, thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to be nice. Uh, I was once in, in, once I was nice, but then I got over it because people will think that I'm too nice. So I've got three, uh, three uh, DVDs here I'm going to give away because I see other preachers doing something. Well, maybe I should do that. I've never, I've never done it before. She said to me, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to bring some DVD. Why, she said. Because it's me. You know, that's why she said why. 
because it's, it's me, but okay. So this one, um, I would say it's the most powerful preaching around, but uh, I don't want to brag, so, you know, it's just some, some guy preaching. I'll just put it that way. I happen to know him. He's pretty good, I think. That, honey, that was you, uh, your time to say amen. You miss it. Okay, okay, so in life, everything that's out there in life comes into our heart, into our spirit, and life is real for our people, and, and if you haven't noticed, life's been a little up and down for a couple of years. Man, these churches, come on, I'm going to have to really liven these guys up, they kind of, I don't think they know where I'm going, but I don't know where I'm going, but, so they're not saying a word to me. But anyhow, so I preach this frozen in a moment. And so, so what was the, the preach about is that life comes at us and it, we receive it. But then sometimes because we've been abused some, in some way or, or hurt some way or something like that. And then what happens is that we can, in our heart, we can get frozen in that moment and we never go forward. And so... This is uh, that the Holy Spirit gave me about being frozen in your moment. It's time to get unfroze. Come on. So who wants this? Nobody said, nobody said, I don't want it. I don't want it. Who? Okay. Bless you. I'm not going to bless this side anymore. They didn't even want it. They just like, ooh, ooh, yeah. Okay. Okay. This is a... Uh, uh, this is one, of, I'd say, one of my best uh, words that I've ever preached. Are you ready for the bridegroom? Are you ready for the bridegroom? Because he's coming. He's coming. And here's one, roadblocks that will bring a breakthrough. Roadblocks that will bring a breakthrough in your life. Who wants that? Nobody, nobody. I should auction these off. I would have got nothing. We got one here, one here, one here, two, two, two. Praise God. There you are, sir. Bless you. Okay. So, um, 911. This is not even my notes. This is what. Holy Spirit dropped my spirit uh, last day. But 911, when uh, 911, when you phone 911, is about uh, emergency. And you bring 911. There's emergency, right? And so the Holy Spirit dropped this in my spirit. And uh, and so he said, listen to me. He said that 911, there's emergency in your nation of Canada. Come on. He said 911, it's a it's a sign for emergency, and there's a 911 calls going out, and there's emergency in Canada. Come on. And so when he gave me this, and then, then he showed me about 9-11 in U.S. And when that terrible detruction came on, 9-11 uh, in U.S., and that changed the world. And that to this day, every year on the anniversary, they remember 9-11 and people had lost their, lost their lives. 
And it'll change you ask for, for probably forever. You ask will never be the same. And so then when he said, uh, 911 is an emergency and your, your country's in an emergency, you need to ring 911. And then he said about U.S. about 9-11. And I'm thinking, okay, where are we going with this? Do I have to phone heaven and ring 911? You don't get angels down here or what? And get this. Now, this is only, I would like to say I was smart enough to come up with it, but I'm not smart. <laughs> that was another amen for my wife. But I'm giving you all these opportunities. Can I move this I, or do something with this? I can I just go like this? I felt the love on that one. I thought they were going to jump and whip me. Okay. I won't touch it. I can come down. <laughs> My wife won't let me. Maybe later. So listen this. So. Nine, ring 911 because there's an emergency in your nation. And then he reminds me of 9 11 on US. And then he said, This is, listen to me, this is 9 11 that's coming to Canada. 9 11 that's coming to Canada. And he said, Just like 9 11, that the enemy done 9 11 in US of attack, but he said, I'm going to do 9 11 in a supernatural way. That's going to blow the enemy apart. Come on. And this is what he gave me. Amos 9-11. And he said, here, on that day, I will rise, rise up. The tabernacle of David, which have fallen down, and I will rebuild in the damages, and I will raise up. The ruins, and I will rebuild it as the days of old. And so, so then I know that I'm not a teacher like my brother Greg there. So I knew a little bit about the Tabernacle of David, but I really didn't know a lot about. It. So then I started doing study. What is the Tabernacle of David? And you know what he is. You'll like this. It's praise, worship, and prayer. He said, there's a 9-1-1 emergency call to Canada. There's a 9-11 call that's going to be a supernatural call. And just like the enemy had met it for evil, but I'm going to take this 9-11 and I'm going to take it for a supernatural purpose for Canada and I'm turning Canada around because Canada needs a supernatural 9-11 call and the supernatural 9-11 call that's going to change our nation is praising the king and, and come on and worshiping the king and come on and praying to the king and when we begin to get into David Tabernacle, we will see Canada turn around because I'm here to tell you that there's no government from Canada that's going to change Canada, that they're going to save Canada. There's only one king. There's only one government. There's only one God, and that's God, Jesus Christ, that's going to change our nation. 
Come on. 9-11 call is gone out. Come on, it's gone out. And listen to me, what the devil has taken from the, from the church is uh, the power of prayer. And if you do not pray, you do not see. So we talk a lot. We're hoping a lot. We come on. We even prophesied a lot that we, well, do you see this? Do you see that? Well, what we see is we need to get into the praise and worship and prayer unto the King of kings, the Lord of Lord Jesus Christ. And when we begin to get into that place, we will begin to declare what God wants, and we will see our nation turn around for the glory of God because God wants to heal Canada, that we can bring him to the nations. Come on. It's our day. Come on. It's our day. It's our time. You know, we've had people, we've had people uh, cry about how bad it's been, how sad it's been, and how all the, are there any hope for our nation? Is there any hope for our church? And, I, and they, they phone us, and I say, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm having the most best, most awesome time I've ever had in my life. We've seen the most greatest ministry we've ever seen in our life. Because you know why? Because God is God, and he's changed not, and he's not, he's not lying down. He's not dead, but he's alive, and he's ready to go, and he's ready to ignite his church and do the 9-11 call. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> that was this um, nugget that he gave me <clears throat> last day. That's not my notes. Where do you go now with that? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Okay. Do you know we, you know we have tried? Listen to me. And don't hear what I'm not saying, but hear what I'm saying. Do you know that we have tried programs, and we have tried conventions, and we have tried conference, and over and over and over and over, and I'm not saying they're bad, and I'm not saying not to do. Don't hear what I'm not saying, but how many more conferences do we have to have? How many more meetings do we have to have? Come on. How many more conventions do we have to have? And God's saying, you've got to have me. You've got to get me. And I will, if you get a hold of me, I will change uh, your nation. I will change your city. Do you know God showed me? And, and he was saying, he said most of the people, they go into a city and they just hold on and they maintain the city. But I'm not the God that maintains a city. I'm the God that goes in and I take over the city and I take over nations. That's the God who I am and that's the God I want to be. Listen to me. Listen to me. Canada and U.S. Is needs an encounter with God like never before. Come on. We need an encounter with God like never before. 
Listen to me. God said to me when he gave me this word, he said, Canada and U.S. has been moving on and moving on and moving on, and they left me behind. I'm back here somewhere, and both nations was birthed on me, but they left me behind. Both nations are moving forward without me, but I'm telling the warning that Canada and U.S. better get back to God or we're going to be in trouble. Thank you, Lord. Next week, I'm going to be real kind, quiet, and gentle. <laughs> when you said that to me about being quiet or soul, I'm thinking, how can I do that? <laughs> it's like, okay. But I, I, got a, I got a word that ended where it said to quiet your soul. I, I, I was all excited. I told Kathy, I said, look, this is Chili's word. <coughs> Oh, God. So, God had given me this a, a few months back, and one night through the night, and he woke me up uh, in the middle of the night, and he showed me one right after the other, right after the other, and he brought me through the Bible all through the night about people that had an encounter with him. Come on. That had an encounter with him that changed their world that they live in, change their family, change their cities because they had an encounter with him. They didn't have an encounter with religion, but they had an encounter with God. And when they had an encounter with God, they changed, and they changed people around them. What we need to do is we need to have an encounter with God one more time. We need to, God, we need to encounter you. We don't need that little good, feel-good meeting, that we need an encounter that God overtakes us, that we can do nothing that fall on their face and say, God, you are God. I'm not going to move because you are in the place and you're going to encounter me. Moses had an encounter with God at the burden bush. And when he had an encounter with God in Exodus 33, he said to God, he said, God, if you're present, don't go with us. We're not going to go forward. And, and, and so when God showed me this, he said that the, the church and Canada and U.S. has left the presence of God and went without him. That Moses, he had the relation with God when he had the encounter with God at the burning bush. He said, if you don't go with me, I'm not going to go. Come on. Have we settled for second best instead of having the best? And that's God himself. Come on. Moses, do you know what an encounter, when I look up, you know what an encounter was? It's seeing someone face to face. Not hearing about somebody, but face to face. And here it says that Moses talked to God face to face. He had an encounter with God that totally changed his life. Come on. Jacob. Jacob had an encounter with God. And Jacob wrestled with God all night long. And, and so he had this encounter with God. And it defined the moment Jacob changed in his life forever when he had that encounter with God. First of all, this encounter with God gave Jacob a new identity. He spent the night wrestling with God and did not give up 
As a result, Jacob was now to be known as Israel, receiving the new name and a new identity. Jacob wasn't the first person to receive a new name from God. Abraham, Sarah, Peter, and many more received a new name from God when they encountered God. When we believe in Jesus, we receive a new identity as well. We are no longer defined by our sin, but we are defined by our relationship with Christ. Second, when Jacob had the encounter with God, it changed his understanding of God. If we ever needed to change our understanding of God and who he is and what he will do, we need to we need an encounter with God that will change our understanding of God. In this, we see that God was not far away land, but right there and face to face involved with the real life of Jacob. Have you ever felt in your life that you're here and God is somewhere there, there in a far, far land, and you've prayed and you maybe even fast and you're saying, God, it just feels like you're far, far away. And I'm sure Jacob thought that God was far, far away. But Jacob found out that God was right there involved with his life. And just like you and I, God is right there and he's involved with our life every day, every minute. God said, I'm right here. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm right here. I'm involved with your life. Every day, when you're in a crisis, I'm in a crisis with you. When you fall, I'm there to pick you up. And Jacob found out that God was right there with him. God is engaged and involved over our lives. Hear me. God is engaged and involved with our lives. Third, this encounter changed Jacob's understanding of himself, Jacob never give up that night, giving him a new, different kind of confidence. This confidence try to God's promises, sparing Jacob's life for a purpose that went, went beyond him. He also came to the understanding limits that he had in his own personal life. This would be a daily reminder that when he had a permanent hip damage, and this would be a reminder of the encounter he had with God every day. When he limped on that hip every day was a reminder of that great encounter he had with God. You know what? We need, we need to maybe God to, to break our hip to address us in a spirit realm not in the natural realm, but something that reminds us every day of the encounter we had with God. Every day that we remind ourselves that we need, come on, we need that encounter with God. Listen to me, we need an encounter with God more than ever in this day that we live in. Or we're not going to survive. Come on, we're not going to survive if we don't have that encounter with God. When we have an encounter with Jesus Christ and believe in him, we too are given a new identity, a new walk, 
Come on, when we have the encounter with God, we should not walk the same way. We should not act the same way. We should not speak the same way. That when we have an encounter with God, we should get a new walk. Come on, a new word, a new dance, a new saying. We, we need to have the encounter with God. In the evil world, Noah had an encounter with God. And because of Noah had the encounter with God, God then started a whole new generation with Noah. Come on. God don't need a lot. He just needs some faithful ones that says, God, I don't care what I have to do. I don't care what the price is, but I've got to have an encounter with you like never before. I don't care. And, and if we've got that desire that, God, we've got to have an encounter with you, that we can change a generation. Come on. Because Noah had the encounter. God loosed Noah to change a whole another generation, to start up a generation under Noah and his family. Come on. We, we think it's more, it's more of this and more of that and more of this. No, it's just him. We need an encounter with him and that would overtake us, that we would be lost and we wouldn't know what to do or how to do it or how to talk. But when we have the encounter, it's all going to work out and we can have this amazing peace. We can have direction in our life and we know that there's hope beyond this. Come on, and come on. If we ever need in our country hope beyond what's been in our country, we need hope beyond this. And there is hope beyond this, and it's not about the government, it's not what they do or what they don't do, it's what he done and what he will do. And this is his, this is his land, this is his place. Come on, you are his kids. Come on, you are his kids. Come on, you're not hearing me. Daddy loves you. You are his kids. Come on, and nobody's going to mess with his kids. Come on. Abraham had an encounter with God. He left his country, he left his family, and he made him a great nation. Come on. And, and we hold on, listen to me, and don't hear what I'm not saying, but we hold on to what we, we think that's important in, in this life. We hold on to it. And so I'm not going to let go. This is my, my house, my money. Come on, my ministry. And God says, well, you hold it. You hold on to it, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, let me know how you make out with it. God is looking for some people that says, here, God, I am. All that I have is yours. Come on, I don't care. Come on, I don't care about my house. I don't care about my money. I don't care nothing but him. I've got to have him. I've got to have an encounter with him. God is looking for some people in these last days. Come on, come on, come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. The disciples had an encounter in the upper room. 
that changed their lives. Come on. They were, they were tearing each other apart. They were seeing who was going to be the greatest and who was going to be the most important and who was sitting at the right and who was sitting at the left. It sounds like the church today. Come on. Who is the most important? Who's sitting on the right? Who's sitting on the left? Who's sitting on the front seat? Who's sitting on the back seat? Nonsense, 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 nonsense. We're so divided. But when they had the encounter with God, come on, it wasn't just a prayer meeting. It wasn't just some fire dropping on their head. But there was an encounter with God that changed them. And when that encounter changed them, they went out and changed the world. Come on, people says to me, and I do try to be nice, but they say, well, I've had an encounter with God. And I say, well, what would that look like? Oh, I could feel it. You know, people even said about goosebumps. And if someone has goosebumps, don't get offended. You know, if you get goosebumps when you're in person, God, praise God. But, but I say to them, what? You've had an encounter with God, then what? Well, you, you should have felt it. It felt good. Oh, yeah, but then what? Yeah, but you, oh, it was great. Yeah, but then what? Come on. And they look at you funny. But I'm telling you. And then, and then I said to our group, you know, I get in trouble a lot. That's why God's got my good wife to keep me in line. But I said to our group, they were... You know, talking about you know all these moments with God. Wow. And they they were talking about that. I said, you know what? You know what I can't figure out? We'll be in a meeting. I know you guys never do that, but other churches do. But they'll be in a meeting and say, God is in the house. And I said this to our group last Sunday. God is in that house. And and I've heard that. I know you guys never been in a place like that, but I've been in a place like that. And not here. But anyhow, they'll say, God, it's in the house. And then I see Jack over there. He's shooting bubble gum. The other one is looking at the time they want to go home to the, the roses in. And the other one is talking to their husband. And the other one's on the cell phone. And I'm looking around. I've done this for years. I'm thinking, God is in the house. And we're chewing bubble gum, and we're on their cell phone, and we're talking to everybody, and we're looking at their watch, and God is in the house, brother. I don't know. Any time when I read God showed up, they would fall on their face before God and say, God, have mercy on me. I'd be afraid to get up, that we told out that God is in the house, and God is not in the house. Somebody just had pizza the night before. I know everybody's looking, you should see their looks. <laughs> they are really looking, me, brother. <laughs> oh, God help me. It's okay, it's okay. Ask my wife. It's okay. It's all going to be okay. Right, honey? Tell them. <laughs> so Saul, 
Saul had an encounter with God, and his name got changed to Paul. So Saul was a, known as an educated, godly man with the, uh, the priests and Pharisees. And, and so he was having Christians put to death because he thought he was doing God a favor. He, he was thinking that he was right before God, brother. And, and so then God comes down as Christ, Jesus Christ, comes down. He knocks him off his high horse, pins him to the, to, to the road. But listen, very important. He, so Saul, who became Paul, had an encounter with God. Okay? Now I know I'm, I could ask you who had an encounter with God, but I'm not going to ask you. But, you know, we all would say, yeah, I had an encounter with God. Okay, let's see if we really had an encounter with God. Okay? You okay? Everybody okay? Smile at me. See, like, you know, you can't. You got your mask on. Pull your mask down for a minute. I'm going to see you. Smile at me. I want to see you're happy. Oh, the one back there said, I'm not happy. Look her. Uh, oh, there. Praise God. What about these guys? Are these guys happy on this side? Yeah, okay, okay. You happy back there? Yeah. You happy back there? If not, I'm going to tell your cousin. You get Pastor Marvin after you, you'd be in trouble. You're afraid of the Holy Ghost and Marvin. <laughs> he hears that, I'm in trouble. Erase, delete. Hearing the sound. So Paul had an encounter with God. So this was happened. Three sins happened when he had a real encounter with God, the Apostle Paul. First of, you, first of all, he said, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? You know, a lot of time with Christians, I, a lot of time with Christians, they don't know who he is. Because they, they ask you, well, you know, I know he says that he would heal, but I know that he would say that he would bless us, but I know that he would save people, but I tell people, get off your butt and shut up. Come on, because if we if God or we but God, we don't know God. Come on, God's the same last today, today, and forever, and he's changed not. He's a healer, he's a provider, he's a deliverer. Come on. And so Paul, first of all, Paul said, who are you, Lord? Second, number two, Lord, what do you want me to do? First of all, one, who are you, Lord? Number two, what do you want me to do? And number three, immediately he preached Christ. Immediately, brother. Immediately he preached Christ. Oh, didn't he, didn't he have a, a minister license? Daniel. I don't know. The priest and Pharisee was probably at him. He probably didn't. He didn't go to Bible college. He didn't have the minister license. Immediately he preached Christ. How should he do that? The one he hated. Who had an encounter with God? Who are you, Lord? 
Lord, what do you want me to do? And immediately, I'm going to preach Christ. That's for everybody that truly has encounter with Jesus Christ. Change not. Has not changed. Oh, Lord, they're not going to love me for this. You want, do you want Canada change? Do you want Canada change? Well, it's going to take ordinary people like you and I that's not fear of what man would say, what man would do, but that had an encounter with God and say, God, who are you? Look. Lord, what do you want me to do? And immediately then to begin to not be shamed of Christ, but begin to preach Christ, begin to tell people the answer to life, the answer to this whole chaos is no other than him. And Canada will never be changed unless we believe God of who he is and had an encounter with him and then do something about it. Come on. You know, I, I can remember the encounter I had back of the river. And, it, and I think I've said it before, but he says, and I tell God he didn't fully tell me all the details. You know, God don't tell you all the details. You know that? He just throws out. So I'm back of the river, and, you know, dirty, rotten, filthy sinner, and then got washed in the blood, and I'm back of the river. That don't sound spiritual. I'm not trying to be spiritual. I was really back of the river. And I would cry, and I would laugh, and I just, like, I just had a heyday. I'm like, man, this is good. I'm not leaving this. But then God just threw out a nugget to me. And you're talking about someone who even couldn't, had a hard time even going to church when I came to the Lord. And he said, would you be a mouthpiece for me? I thought, well, you know, tell my neighbor, tell somebody, I guess that's easy. Little did I know what the mouthpiece was. I tell him, he didn't tell me the full plan. You just said a mouthpiece, and he knows that I'm a mouthpiece. That's another amen for you. Come on. So you don't, listen, what I'm trying to tell you, you don't have to qualify by five years of Bible college. You don't have to read the Bible a hundred times. You don't have to pray 24-7. You don't have to have all these titles. But all you have to do is make yourself available. And if you make yourself available, he will come in your availability and he'll do something with it. Come on, we need to get out of this that, that we've got to have all these important titles to do something for Christ. No, we just got to have Christ. Come on, he can speak through a donkey. So you all qualify here. I'm in a nice way, I just told you all like donkeys, but forgive me. Amen. Help me, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> so here, here Jesus, Mary and Joseph has Jesus, and they take him to the temple. And Simeon, a guy that was waiting on Christ, he walk, they walk in and he runs over, and he had been waiting there for years, and he, he runs over and he grabs Christ. Now, they, they would have done, babies would have came in there all the time all the time to the temple. So the baby, Joseph and Mary, didn't have, this is Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. None of that. It was a baby. Couldn't even been, have poopy diapers. He was traveling. 
could have snot coming over his nose. Come on, he was a baby. I know y'all looking. He's talking about Jesus like that. Well, he was a baby. And so they walk in, and he and he Simeon walks over and he grabs him. And he didn't see any miracles. Come on, he didn't see nothing. But for some reason. All the priests and Pharisees and all the religion people were all in the temple and they were doing their religion function. But here, listen to me, here God came into the temple and they did not even know that God was in the place. And, and but he, he said, I have seen the salvation of my Lord. And he's holding on to God. He's holding God in his arms. And he said, I've seen the salvation of God. And the religion people could not even see that God was in the temple. And you know why? Because they wanted to maintain their religion. They wanted to hold on to their religion. Could it be in North America? We want to maintain our religion. We want to hold on to our religion. And God wants to come in the house, and we don't even know that he's in the house. Because we've been doing pretty good without him. We've been just going on and maintaining our churches maintaining our religion. And we don't even like that priest and Pharisee. We miss that God is in the house or he's not in the house. And we're happy with that. We're just happy maintaining. And then our countries are falling apart. And we're hoping that government would solve it. We're hoping this would solve it. We're hoping that would solve it. And the only one that would solve it, but we're not looking for him because we want to maintain. We want to maintain. You know what maintain means? Hold on. We want to hold on. Brother, we want to hold on. What if we let go? We would not be the religion church that we are. We, we got to hold on to this. Because it's, it's bad out there. It's sad out there. And churches are falling apart. Do you know I just was told? 50%. 50% of pastors are leaving the church in Canada. 50%. Come on, people. 50% of your leaders are leaving the churches. And they come these last two years of the chaos, they are just walking away and saying, you know what? I've had it. I can't do this. Come on, do we need, come on, do we need an encounter? Yes, we do. Come on. So could it be that we need to, you know, just let go of what we've been holding on to, let go of what we've been maintaining, and say, you know what, God, I'm just going to let it go. And I don't mean give up or walk out. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that we, we get so we get so programmed, and when we think that more programs, or 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 we doing this, or you know, or or we get trying to get spiritual, and we say, God, God is doing something new. Brother, God is doing something new. No, he's not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We listen to me. 
We're missing our mandate as a church. Not I'm talking this church. I'm talking the church in our nation. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Come on. And, and then let's bring it home. Let's bring it home. I, I, I shared some of this just over a group, and the person got so touched by God, then kept interior-eyed looking at me and saying, Pastor Bill, you know what? I've been maintaining my Christian life. Because that's the, let's bring it home. The church maintaining their religion life function, but our personal self maintaining our Christian life, doing the same old, same old, same old, and hoping one day, someday, it's going to change. Do you know what? Do you know what? We've got to let go. Come on, we got to let, we got to be free. Come on, you, we got to be free. You know, we had decided, my wife and I, a couple of years back, that, you know, that we were doing all this, and, and we, we just decided, forget it. Forget it. We're not going to do that anymore. And God, if we just stay here with you, that's good enough. It's not about maintaining our religion, maintaining this, maintaining that. And when we said, that's it, we've had it. And then let God be God. And, and now, now God is moving so fast, he's moving. He's doing it. He, he's, he's, a, he's a leader. And we just follow him the best we, you know, the only problem, I said to somebody the other day, the only problem we're having is keeping up with him. But we need to, come on, let's be honest. If we, if we look ourselves in this room and we've been maintaining our Christian life, Come on, we've been going to church. We've been praying. Maybe go to the odd prayer meeting. Maybe read the Bible. And we've been maintaining it for years. For years. And we say, you know, I'm just holding on. I, I know I'm doing pretty good, brother. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not like the other sinners out there. I, I, you know, I go to church. I read my Bible. I pray a bit. And I hold on to maintaining, maintaining a Christian life. Listen to me. God didn't go to that cross where we could maintain our Christian life. God went to that cross that we could have life and we could have more abundantly and that we could make a difference. Come on. We are here to make a difference. Come on. We're not here to play patty cake. With the city, we are here to take over the city. Come on, you say, come on, you're talking crazy. Well, I like to talk crazy more than kind of do the same old, same old, and nothing happens that my Bible says when, when, the, when the disciples had an encounter with God, they went into the city and turned the city upside down with the power of God, and they weren't worried about any devils. They weren't worried about any people because they knew who they served. And they decided, they decided in that upper room when they had the encounter with God is said, I'm going to give it all. Listen to me. In that upper room, they died in that upper room before physical death. They already died. They, they already decided, I'm dead. I'm dead. And, and it says, you know, it says in the Bible, if we try to gain our life, 
we will lose our life. But if we lose our life, we will gain our life. What is that? If I try to maintain my life, I'm going to maintain my life. I'm going to hold on. It's so important, brother. I'm going to want to let go of it. It's so important. I've got so good of a life. Gooder than God? Gooder than, I know gooder is not a word, but it's my word, so get over it. Gooder than God? My, my Christian life is gooder than God to give me? Are you kidding me? Come on. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is what we need. We need an encounter with God. Come on. And, and when, when I, uh, God, I knew that God wanted to give this, and I thought, what a way, God, for you to set up for what you're going to do next weekend. Because I believe, I believe, listen, I really do. I believe there's going to be an out there encounter with God that's going to change all of us. Come on, it's not just changing out, it's changing in. Come on, I'm the first one that I need to encounter with God. I know about you, but I'm tired what we call the Christian life. And we keep going over and over and hoping one day, someway, someday that we'll, we'll, you know, we'll change. Today's the day of change. Today's the day that we need, come on, we need encounter with God. We got to let go of what we think is important of this Christian life. And we got to be real. You know, at the end of the day, come on, and, and don't, I'm not trying to fear, but I'm telling you the reality. Do you know the days are coming to the end? It's getting, it's winding down. We're going to meet the king. And you know what? He's not going to be interested in how, how well we maintain our life, but how well we have the encounter and done something with it. Come on, like Paul, who are you, Lord? What do you want me to do? And immediately preach Christ. Come on. How do we prepare for encounters, holy encounters with God? How do we prepare to meet God in a church, in a prayer time? In what ways? And this is uh, leading into next weekend. In what ways can we wash off the dirt of the world and prepare spiritually for an encounter with God? That we can meet God with an open heart and mind. That we can meet God with an open heart and mind. How do we prepare to meet God? I don't mean to prepare to meet him when we die. But prepare to meet with him on earth in a regular life. Or do we even give that a thought? Do we even give that a thought to have to meet with God, to have an encounter with God? Or are we just happy doing what we're doing? You know, and I'm not saying God don't show up in, in church. Man, that's not what I'm saying. But hear me on this. Uh, Sometimes we can go to church and we can feel good with a nice song. Or we feel good with a word. And even, even say a pastor comes and gives that word, and he's had an encounter with God this week. But do you know, listen, don't hear what I'm not saying. 
He said, do not forsake assembling yourself together. We need leaders to lead us. Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. Don't spin that. But he had the encounter with God, and he come and he feeds you, but it's still second-hand information. It went from God to him to you. And, and I can back up with the Bible that the biblical proper way to do that is he has the encounter with God, he gives it to you, but then he ends up like Paul, and he said, you go home and see if this is God. You get the encounter. So what he does, he gives you an appetite. Appetite there. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> and, and he gives that to you. He just gives you a little taste of it. And he said, boy, this is good. You know, nice, nice roast beef with gravy on it. Or nice T-bone steak done on the barbecue, and it just and you're you're there and you're licking your lips. Mmm, come on. Well, you got something wrong, your arm? I can pray for it. Didn't he say the last time we're here I can go to whenever, whatever happened to the whatever? Hey, yeah, yeah. See, he said whatever the last time. Now he's like. I can go over this side. I ain't doing that. They love me on this side. Okay, I've got to respect the leader. But anyhow, uh, so, but then he just gives you a little taste. But he said, if you go home and open this up, you can have the whole meal yourself. And then when you have the whole meal, you can give someone else a taste. And then you can come back to him next week and say, buddy, you had an encounter, but let me tell you what happened when I had the encounter. And he said, what? He didn't tell me that. Yeah, but he told me that. I'm his favorite, that's why. Okay. Praise God. Anyhow. Listen, God wants us to prepare for a visit with the Holy One, an encounter with God. A supernatural encounter with God that will give a person the reason, the destiny to live. That they've been wired to fulfill on earth. You and I have been wired to fulfill on earth. But we need that encounter with and not like a one-time encounter. We need it over and over and over and over. I'm going to end with this. Can we end? Go ahead. Now, now he's got the wife out of me. He, Greg was bad enough that I'm not messing with his wife, Sheila, Julie. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. We need encounter with God. Listen to me. We need an encounter with God in U.S. and Canada. Our countries are in trouble. Come on, our countries are in trouble for the most part going on, like I said before, without God. We need an encounter with God in our churches. We need an encounter with God in our personal lives. We need an encounter with God in our city. We need an encounter with God in our nation. We've got to cut out maintaining just to hold it, to keep it, as Christians, we can just maintain that we need to let go, let God be God, and let God move us onto the purpose why we're on earth and to 
To have a true encounter with God, listen to me, if we have a true encounter with God, it moves us forward. This, and my last statement is, we can know God, but does God know, but do we, we know of God, but do we know God, and does God know us? The only way God is going to know us is encounter with us. And my last statement is, I got there, honey, it's good. She don't like this one said, but the Holy Spirit gives me these, so it's good. From my wife, this was the Holy Spirit give me, and and so my wife. So I can read about my wife, right? Read, you know, read all about her. I can talk to my wife, right? So read about her is good, right? Talk to her. Come on, come on, brother. You better, you better be saying yes to this. I see your wife. She's just saying, okay. I don't see how he answers this. So to see my wife, to talk to my wife, that's all nice, right? And, and so, but you know what, brother? You're married, right? The very best is to have an encounter, love encounter with my wife. And God says, just like, listen to me, God says, just like you are the spouse and she is your bride, you don't want just to read about her and she's to read about you. You don't want just to talk and she talk to you. And do we do that? Yes. Do we want that? But he said, what do you, what's the end result? You want a love encounter with her. And guess what? As a groom and you're the bride, I want a love encounter with you. What are you going to do about it? So, Father, we just thank you. I've given the word the best way I know how. Can we get ready for that video? It's only a two-minute, brother. And, and, Lord, we just thank you for your word. We just pray that, Lord, that you would seal this with the blood of Jesus Christ and that, Lord, it would change us all for eternity, Lord, and that we could have that encounter with you, Lord, that would change our lives and change the lives around us. And we thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. It's just a two-minute video, and that's it. Turn it up. Well, we're going to have, um, we didn't cut off Bill just like that, but I wanted to allow time for ministry as well. And I know we have the little monkeys upstairs, so we can't go super late. But um, 
Uh, what we want to do, I mean, if er anyone wants to give, we're going to receive that offering. You just uh, you transfer, or if you're going to make checks, it's you can ministries, right? And um, so you can give that way. Uh, if you give through Big Church, we'll have to refund that back, and you have to do it directly to, to, to their ministry just because uh, I am on his board, and you can't do that with uh, two nonprofits with for directors on board. So you have to just do it directly. But we want to be able to sow into their ministry. And he didn't get to share about the um, gospel uh, um, RV. Well, I'll just give you a little bit more of a detail on it. So basically, it's an RV. They're going to be traveling with it. But they've got a trailer on the back they're going to be doing where it folds out into a stage. And and then they can just do gospels in, in the park or in, just wherever they go. So, um, so we can be a part of... Uh, of helping to, to create that, and, and uh, I don't know, you have the RV now? I can't remember what's the latest update. You've got the RV, and now the trailer, and, and th the next part. So anyway, it's exciting. Uh, and they're going to be just traveling on the road. So if you want to sow into that, uh, we can do that, uh, again, through bill at youcanministries.org, right? All right. So... Um, what I want us to do, uh, if there's anyone that needs prayer for anything, Bill and Kathy are here. We want to be able to pray for, for you as well. Um, don't feel like you just have to just leave the... If anyone needs an offering envelope, Deb's got one there if you want to do it that way through check. Um, just any giving that you do give, uh, if you've not given to their ministry before, you do need to give your name and address so that you can get tax receipted as well, Okay. But uh, if you want to just begin to play, we're going to do Make His House of Prayer. And uh, so what we're going to do, um, let's stand. And, um, you know, Bill was talking about that with, you know, an encounter with him. And this next weekend we're going to have, there's three things. It's an encounter with God, an encounter with yourself, and it's an encounter with others. Those are the three things that, that happen on Replenish Weekend. And all three of those encounters are very important for, for God to go deeper in our lives. But ultimately, what all of those things do is it makes us a people of prayer, a people that are continually calling out to God on behalf of people. And it's this way, and it's this way. Jesus said his house would be called a house of prayer. Amen? What's the least attended meeting in, per, in churches? So how many know God needs to do a work and make it so that it becomes a place where it's like we are the people calling it to him, where life comes from that place of prayer. So this song is like a prayer. It's a simple song. We're not going to have the words on the screen. But if it, it's just saying, Lord, make me a house of prayer. And then the... the then the one part says, may the fire on my altar never go out. May the fire on my altar never go out. Make me a house of prayer. It's very simple. But let's just make this our prayer. And if you want prayer for anything, just come to the front and, and Bill and Kathy will pray with you. And let's just make this a place of prayer. So Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your word today. We thank you. And, and we thank you, Jesus, that that you have opened and made available through your precious blood that we can come boldly to the throne. 
of God and receive and encounter Him in new and, and in new ways. Encounter even more than we've had before. God, help us not to settle for what we have because there is so much more with you. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.